So before we get started this morning, let me just share with you, um, there's been some interest from a few of you here at Grace to be able to get baptized. Uh, if you've never been baptized, you may say, well, what is the purpose of that really? What's the point of just going and getting, in, getting wet in a pool for a few minutes? And I get that. What we see in Scripture is Jesus actually calls us, when we decide to be followers of His, when we decide to leave our old lives behind and we put our faith and trust in Him, He says it's an act of obedience. It's a way of us sharing with Him that we have made this decision. And it's a way of us sharing with those in the community of faith around us that we have made that decision, that we have put Christ in the center of our lives. And it's a time that we publicly declare that Christ is our Savior. So if you've never had the privilege of making that, uh, that, uh, having that baptism for yourself, I want to encourage you to just go on your, your smartphones or tablets to My Grace. You can click on the, the uh, uh, baptisms card there, or you can just let me know as you leave today, and we'd be glad to try to get you connected in as we do that, probably at the end of September. Um, and I know for those of you who have been, already been asking about that, I'll be connecting with you in the coming days and making sure that those baptisms are included as well. Now, we started last week a brand new series of messages called God's Bumper Stickers. And we've been discussing how our, the backs of our cars, for those of us who drive cars, are, you know, they're kind of like our mobile billboards. We kind of put these stickers on the back of our cars about the things that we value the most. And oftentimes we, value, we put on there the things about ourselves that we like about ourselves, like you know, whether we're a marathon runner or maybe we're bragging on our kids that we want to make sure our kids' university logo or... The fact that our kid's not a role student and sticking that on our car bumpers. But we have these, this weird way of kind of communicating with people around us that we don't even know through our car bumpers, right? Now, we put all kinds of stuff on the backs of our cars, don't we? I mean, we're getting ready to go into another political season, so my guess is we're going to start seeing a bunch of presidential bumper stickers all over the place, right? And they'll be on there for at least a good year until we figure out how to peel the things back off again because our person won or lost. And, but it seems like to me that there's this other category. As I have been watching people in our community and watching the things they put on the backs of their cars, um, there's, there's this other category of things we put on our bumpers that I, don't really, I can't really explain. It's just random stuff. I, I thought I'd show you a few of these. Here's one. I used to be cool. <laughs> My guess is a kid put that on mom's SUV. That's just what I'm thinking. Here's another one. I was an honor roll student. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Well, it probably started when you bought a purple PT Cruiser. That's my guess. No, just kidding. <laughs> Here's another one. I hate bumper stickers. Yet you have a bumper sticker on the back of your truck. Hmm. And this is a kind Canadian's bumper sticker here in town. Sorry for driving so close in front of you. Or you might like the more American passive-aggressive approach. Watch out for the idiot behind me. From the look of his bumper, I think he speaks from experience. And interestingly, there's also this whole um, category of God bless bumper stickers. Have you seen these? Have uh, you noticed any of these on people's cars? Well, we want God to just bless something or someone or some place. It's amazing all the things we ask for God to bless these days. Look at this, for example. We want God to bless Johnny Cash. I don't know why. To bless this mess, I kind of get that one. To bless the freaks and to bless puffy tacos. What is a puffy taco? I couldn't even figure that one out. We want God to bless Texas. Have you seen that one? All right. God bless America. God bless Trump or not, depending on which car you happen to be driving. Right. 
And then I noticed it starts to get more serious. God bless the whole world, no exceptions. God bless you. And even one, God bless me. Why is it that we say these things? What do we really mean by these words? We don't just stick these sayings on our car bumpers. We say them a lot of times. We even sing them. Like at the 4th of July, right? God bless America. Well, actually, this idea of God blessing us is one of the things that God values the most. I don't know if you know know that about God. He tells us so in the Bible. So let me ask you this morning. When have you felt blessed? Think about that for a moment. When when have you truly felt blessed? When has it been a conscious thought in your mind that God was blessing you in whatever circumstance you were going through? Was it a time when you thought that you were getting what you deserved in life? Or maybe it was a time when you were getting what you didn't feel like you deserved. Maybe it was a time when a lot of good things were happening in your life. Or maybe, maybe it was a time when bad things were happening in your life. But you saw that God was working through those things and blessing you and giving you a bigger perspective. You know, as I mentioned last weekend... Um, One of the inspirations behind starting this series was a book that I read not too long ago called Life of the Beloved by Henry Nouwen. He mentioned in this book about living and serving as a pastor at a time in his life at a home for the severely mentally and physically disabled at a facility in Canada. And one day he talks about in the book, he he, he ran into the, the hallway to this one woman that he knew named Janet who was severely mentally disabled. And Janet came up to him and grabbed him and said, I want you to bless me. And in that moment, as a typical surprise pastor would do, I guess, he just looked at her and he smiled. He patted her on the shoulder. He actually then put a sign of the cross on her forehead and started to walk away. And Janet wasn't buying that. That wasn't nearly enough. She's like, no, that wasn't a blessing. I want you to really bless me. And he's like... Stunned. He's like, okay, what am I supposed to do in this moment, God? And so he says, you know what? Let me think about it. And at our prayer service tonight, which they were having every night, I'll do something to bless you. And he's like, God, help me figure out what I'm supposed to do tonight for this lady. So at the end of the service, as things were wrapping up, he calls Janet forward. And she walks up with a big smile on her face, and he puts his hand out there. And he just starts speaking words of truth into her life. He starts sharing with her what he sees that is God in her. And counteracting all the negative voices that she knows, that he knows that she has said about herself and her condition all of her life. In that moment, she just starts to weep. And he thinks, well, phew. I guess I got that one taken care of. Until a line started in the room. And all the other physically and mentally disabled people started coming up and saying, Henry, I want you to bless me too. And it wasn't just them. It was the staff as well. The staff started lining up and asking him to bless them. And all he simply did was speak words of truth 
into their life. He spoke to them how he saw them as God saw them and perhaps not as they saw themselves. And there were a lot of tears and a lot of thank yous that came out in that moment. And at the end of the night, he's, he's in his room and he's talking to God in prayer. And he's like, God, what was that? <laughs> what just happened? And he started to realize how devoid of blessing we truly are in our lives today. We live in a time that has lost touch with the power of blessing. I mean, think about it. When's the last time someone came to you and prayed or spoke words of blessing over your life? Has that even ever happened to you in your life? We, we so seldom speak words of blessing over each other, encouraging people in who they are in Christ rather than what they perhaps do in our lives that we appreciate, that it's sad, really. I mean, how often do we share words of blessing about someone? The number one time we do it is actually when someone dies, right? It takes someone dying. It takes a funeral for us to actually stand up and speak words of how blessed we were by that person's life, even though they're not around to even hear them anymore. Or it may be at times I've noticed at a wedding as we're giving a toast to someone and we're saying these words half in jest because they're awkward and uncomfortable to us, but we kind of eke out sometimes a little blessing in that moment. But through most of our lives, we go on and on and we don't receive a blessing from anyone. Speaking out loud and truthfully speaking to someone, the good things that we see in them, the see, helping them see how God sees them is rare. And for many of us, I would say it's so uncommon that it is awkward and uncomfortable for us if someone were to do that, isn't it? We might say, oh, thank you, but I, I don't need to be blessed. I, I don't really need to be encouraged by anybody, thinking that somehow that might be a sign of weakness if we did. Why would we think that? Such carefully considered words remind us of who we are apart from our successes and apart from our failures. And they take the power away from the self-critical words that we often think and say about ourselves on a daily basis that aren't really who we are and certainly aren't how God sees us. Henry Nouwen said that, it's be, that he, he said he's becoming more and more aware not just in his own life, but in the everyday people who were around him, the power that our own words of self-rejection hold over us, pushing away the truth about us, and especially who we are in Christ. Centuries ago, in ancient Israel, they understood the power of blessing and speaking words of blessing over each other, right? We see it even in the book of Genesis, the, the Israelites had this strong belief and conviction about the influence that a blessing would have over a person's life. In fact, we even see one story in Genesis chapter 27 about two young guys, two brothers named Jacob and Esau. They literally fight each other for years over their dad's blessing. That's how powerful a blessing was at one time in human history. Yet somehow we've lost it. Last week, I spoke with you what it means to be chosen by God. And today, what we're going to look at is how much God actually values blessing 
us. Last week, we read in the opening lines of the book of Ephesians where it says that God has chosen us, right? And it says that he sees us as perfect as he looks past our sins and our flaws. And he sees us through the lens of Christ on the cross. And he sees us in that moment as perfect. But we see also in verse 3 that God longs to bless you and I with every spiritual blessing. Now, what is that? What is every spiritual blessing? How, how does God bless us? Well, 2 Corinthians clarifies that. It says that God blesses us abundantly so that in all things at all times we have all we need to abound in every good work. Now, that's not always material blessings. Hear me. And it isn't totally dependent on how good or how obedient we are as his children either, as we will see today in the passage we're going to be looking at. Now, you might say, Dave, as I'm sharing this, you might say to my, say yourself, well, Dave, I don't feel blessed. But again, do you tie being blessed only to the good things that you manage to accomplish in this life? To how successful you are? Or maybe to those times when good things happen in your life despite your behavior? Or could perhaps... Blessings also be tied sometimes to who God is making us out to be ultimately as perfect in Christ. Because if that's right, if if Ephesians is true, then that will likely mean that sometimes there are blessings that we are receiving from God that are actually blessings in disguise. God longs to bless us. God blesses us by considering us perfect and helping us work out the imperfections in our lives and listen we bless others by helping them see what god sees in them in love now a great place to see this that what i'm talking about today is actually matthew chapter 5 so if you have your bibles i would encourage you to turn there to matthew chapter 5 um if you don't have a Bible, you're, you, I, I don't say this often enough, but there are Bibles available at Guest Services Center. We would love to bless you with one as you leave today. You can feel free to grab one as you leave. But we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5 today. And if you don't have anything with you, you can um, go to MyGrace.Church on your web browser, or you can just follow along with the words on the screen this morning. Now, Matthew chapters 5 through 7 is a sermon that Jesus actually preached called the Sermon on the Mount. And he started this sermon... By sharing with the people who were gathered on that mountainside that day a bunch of the ways that we are blessed. And they aren't ways, as you will notice, that you might expect. You see, Jesus doesn't list here a bunch of things that happen that are good in our lives and say, See, when all those good things happen in your life, that just shows you how much God is blessing you. No, he actually surprises them here by sharing with them things that they perhaps don't even consider a blessing. And he helps them to see how they are a blessing. He also, he doesn't tie blessings here to our accomplishments. He doesn't tie our blessings here to our successes in this life or our failures. He shows us that blessing is actually found, hear this, in relationship and dependence upon God in this life. And how that forms and shapes us over time. So let's look at this. Matthew chapter 5. I just want to look at the first 12 verses here. And let's see what Jesus says to the crowd that were gathered that day. He says, 
It says, one day, he, as he, Jesus saw the crowds gathering, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them, saying, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need of him. In fact, most translations actually say, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. He blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Now, I bet if you were to go home today and you were to start making a list of the ways that you would want God to bless you, this wouldn't be your list, would it? Probably wouldn't be a single thing off of this list, right? Poor, humble, persecuted, losing loved ones, sign me up please, right? That, that's not where we go, right? But notice, it never says that God blesses us with these things. It says God blesses us through these things. That's a big difference. Each one of these things can help bring us to a place of dependence on Christ and help make us look more like Christ. Jesus lists some of the most unexpected ways that God works to bless us here. In verse 3, for example, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Well, it means it's someone who isn't proud, who isn't self-sufficient, but who gets that they are utterly poor without God in their lives. It's someone who recognizes that they can do nothing to earn God's favor, that there's nothing that they can do to have, receive God's love any more or any less. In verse 4 it says, Blessed are those who are mourning, right? And again, Losing a loved one isn't a blessing. <clears throat> That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that God can bless us in time through the bad stuff. God can teach us so many valuable things in this life through loss. As we see in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. It even says that mourning the loss of a loved one has a refining influence in our lives. In verse 5, Jesus said we're blessed as we learn meekness through life. And we become more Christ-like by not expecting or demanding our way so much in life. And this is, this is actually where, as I was reading recently, this is where Nietzsche totally missed it in his life. Nietzsche was the son and the grandson of Lutheran pastors. I don't know if you know that. And later in his life, he wrote a book called The Antichrist. And it was a, he wrote this book one year before he actually went mad. And in this book, he defines what is good as all the things that heightens the feeling of power in people 
And what is bad is all the things that, per, that proceed from weakness in our lives. So he equated meekness with weakness and poverty and pity rather than power. And he couldn't accept it as a blessing. And I find it ironic that he also happened to say this. He who fights with monsters might take care lest he therefore become a monster. And if you gaze for long into an abyss, the abyss also gazes into you. Love is meek. It doesn't demand its own way. It defers to another. And through that, we are blessed. Because we are becoming more like God, who is love. Now, in verses 6 through 8, we see that we're blessed as we become more merciful people. And we are longing for God's best in people's lives rather than self-gratification. We're also blessed when we grow to be more pure in heart and transparent rather than hiding it. In our, from other people in our lives. Verse 9, we see that we're blessed as we see conflict as opportunities to grow, to, to reconcile hurts and differences, and to bring people together. And lastly, in verse 10, it says that we're blessed through our persecution. The message paraphrase of this verse says, You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. Why? Because the persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Deeper into relationship with God who loves you and wants to make you more like himself. First Peter says the same thing. Now, all this hard stuff that we inevitably face at times in our lives, they aren't meant to be seen as good or pleasant. Please hear me. Yet through all these circumstances, God looks for ways to bless us. Can you believe that? Clearly, there is nothing that you can do in this life to influence God to love you one bit more or one bit less than he already does. Part of the blessings come as he works out the imperfections in us to make us more like Christ. Not by, just by doing things for us in this life, but by doing good things in us. And that's what we see here in Matthew chapter 5. And we, you and I, we can play a part in this blessing by blessing others, by blessing those who are around us, by loving others as Christ has loved us, and by helping them see the things that God has planted in them that are just inherently good. And holy and fruitful. And we help them to see God's good work in their lives. Let me give you an example of this. A few days ago, I was at a luncheon down in Tucson for a ministry called Care Portal. Some of you are familiar with Care Portal. We've started this ministry here at Grace. It's a, big, it's a ministry that's far bigger than Grace Community Church. But it's, a, it's basically what Care Portal is, is it is this hub, this online ministry where Government agencies all throughout the state of Arizona and even in other, in other municipalities and states around the country, they go online to a care portal, whether they're a CPS worker or all kinds of people who work for the state, but who have this ability to, who, who through their jobs, touch the lives of at-risk kids. If they see that there are physical felt needs that those at-risk kids have, they will actually log on to care portal and say, 
the name of the person, you know, the family situation, where they live. They give all the basic information there and then what those needs are. And they post it on the website. And then different churches, or say for us for in Tucson, will actually log on to Care Portal, find out what those needs are, and actually contact that agency and help meet that need. It's an amazing ministry. It's, it's a rare ministry because it's the only ministry I know of where the government actually is asking to partner with the local church rather than pushing us away. They're like, please, help us. And they're saying that right here in Tucson. These needs are getting posted but for families that need at least once or twice every day with at-risk kids in our community. Now, at that lunch, I had the blessing of actually being able to hear from the director of the Department of Child Safety, who is over four counties in southern Arizona. Imagine that. Not just working as the director for the Department of Child Safety, but working as the director for four counties at the same time, including Pima County. And she, she happens to be a follower of Christ, and she was sharing from her heart the things that she sees on a daily basis. And she started by sharing what life was like for her when she first took this job. She said, I was young and idealistic and I thought I could change the world. And she says, I walked into this job and this agency was a total mess. And she said, you probably remember the headlines years ago. It was about the time I started when kids were actually being housed in office space around town because there, was, there were so many at-risk kids that couldn't be kept in their homes and no one was available to take them. She actually told the story about one at-risk child that died on her watch while she was there and how she almost gave up. And she thought, why can't the church do something about this? Why can't the church work with us? And it was through that and a series of other circumstances that Care Portal actually started. She told stories about grandmas, even today, who take in two or three grandkids to keep them out of the foster system because Mom is strung out on drugs and dad is nowhere to be found. She talked about moms who grab all of her kids suddenly and run away because of the abusive husband and she's afraid to keep them in the home anymore. And she manages, she said she has examples of you know, women who will manage to find enough money just to be able to get, a, to get an old apartment for just a little while to provide a roof over her kids' heads while she tries to figure out what to do. And doesn't have beds for her kids to sleep in, doesn't have clothes for their kids to wear. And this is right here in Tucson. She says, we walk into houses all the time where beds are luxuries. And things like toothpaste and soap are just luxury items. And now, through the ministry of Care Portal, the local church has the privilege of coming alongside these agencies and helping make a difference in those families' lives. At that luncheon, uh, she said this. She said, these families are in disrepair and the blessing that the church is that the blessing is that the church will step in, show them love, and touch them in their difficult season. She says it isn't about the bed or the used dresser or the car seat. It's merely the item that God can use to touch their lives. It may be the one touch that heals. She says as a result of the church coming into these homes, it keeps, care, it, keeps, uh, it keeps CPS from actually taking the kids out of the home because the homes aren't fit for the children to live in. So the church is actually partnering with these agencies to make sure they're able to stay in their homes because the poverty is so crippling they can't do it on their own. Last week, there were a few people at Grace who had the privilege of being able to come alongside a single mom of seven kids just a 
few, just in our zip code here at Grace Community Church. This, uh, this uh, local CPS agent found out that this family didn't even have a sofa. They, two of the kids didn't have beds to sleep in. And so several people on the Care Portal team who have already signed up for Care Portal, they just kind of jumped on it. They all wanted to be there to love on this family that day. And it was amazing. We actually took two trips down there, one trip to bring a sofa and some other items to them and just connect with them, build relationship with them and the kids, and the second time to bring a couple of beds for them, get those set up and love them again. If you're interested in being a part of this ministry, if this sounds like something that God could use you, we, we want to have as big of a team as people feel called to it. And you can find out more about it at mygrace.church. You can, you'll see a care portal card there that you can click on and find out more information. But it's just amazing how you know, we live in this community and we don't realize that there are people around us every single day who need a blessing. Right? We can live such busy lives where we are so preoccupied with ourselves there can be someone in the grocery store aisle right next to us who is hurting and we completely miss it. There can be people just in the house or two next door who can't even provide for their kids a meal at night while we feast. And God says, I'm giving you the privilege to bless those who are around you just as I do in your life on a regular basis. God says, I will continue to bless you and I want to use you to be a part in me blessing others as well. You know, as you come through the doors of this church every weekend, I hope that among other things that you experience firsthand how much you are loved by God. Something that I think about. I want you to know every single weekend that there is a God who loves you and that longs to bless you in good times and in bad. It's something that God highly values and he is known for. It's something that he longs to do in each one of our lives constantly. Sometimes through things that are obvious and sometimes in ways that aren't. I hope that you experience the blessing of people here who become like an extended family to you in this place. This just isn't a place where we come and occupy a seat on a Sunday morning, listen to a, a talk, sing a few songs, and go about our way. God has provided us a community here, a place where we can be extended family, and we can love each other, and we can bring blessing and even speak blessing into each other's lives, as God does so for us. What would it look like for you today to bless someone who is in need of a blessing? Who is it that you know right now who needs that in their life today? Whether it's a physical blessing of some sort, or maybe, maybe it's actually words of blessing. Because there are people, someone is so used to hearing all the negative things about themselves that they don't hear the positive. And God wants to use you to speak those words of truth into their life. Today, we're going to be, we, we're going to speak uh, we're going to sing praises to God as we realize that we have been blessed by this extension onto our campus that God has provided so that we can love our community and bring more of the community in. I pray that in that moment, as you stand in there in just a few minutes and you see what God has done, that something will rise up in your heart and you will realize just how blessed not only we are, 
as a community, but how blessed you are. What would it look like for you today to bless your neighbor? To reach out in perhaps an unexpected way and to show them love. Words have power. Power to cut down or to heal. Power to bring death or life. Power to curse or to bless. Let's help people see what God sees in them. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I just want to thank you for this time today when we can stop and think about the power of blessing and how you work through blessing in our lives. Lord, sometimes when things are going our way in this life, we just assume that you're blessing us and that's the reason why all these things are happening. But when those things aren't happening, when life gets hard, oftentimes we don't consider it a blessing. We actually can consider it a curse. And what we don't sometimes realize, God, is even in the midst of those difficult times, that you are sometimes setting up a blessing in our lives. Help us, Lord, to see how you work in our lives and not miss those moments. Help us to know, Lord, that regardless of our circumstances in this life, that as a child of God, we are truly blessed. Sometimes in this life, life gets difficult, and we just wish our circumstances could be different. But ultimately, we come to realize that this life here is only temporary anyway. And there will come a time when we will live a life of blessing every single moment of our existence. Lord, we look forward to that day. But in the meantime, we ask that you would use us to truly bless those who are around us. Not in a trite way, but in a truly meaningful way. If you're here today and you've never felt the blessing of God, I pray that even now, today, you will start to realize all the ways that you, your Heavenly Father has chased after you and blessed you. If you've never accepted Christ in your life, I pray that today would be the day that you make that decision to trust Him with everything. Whatever it is that you've been holding back, whatever it is that you've been keeping from God, whatever it is that you feel like you have to be in control of, that you would trust Him with it so that He can bless you through your decision. If you've never said yes to Christ, if you've never accepted Christ into your life and surrendered yourself to Him, or if you maybe are saying that today is a day that you just need to rededicate your life to Him, to push the reset button on your life, and to allow Christ fully in. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here today. And helping us experience your love and your grace and your blessing. God, we ask that you would come into our hearts and lives. That you would forgive us of all of our sins. All the ways we have disappointed you. We've fallen short of your standard. We ask that you would come into our lives and fill us with your spirit. And begin to change us from the inside out as we confess that you are our Savior and our Lord who died on a cross and suffered and bled and died so that we could live and live abundantly. Thank you for loving us that much. God, we ask that you would guide our paths 
from this day forward. Help us to see the ways that we can be a blessing to others as you use others to be a blessing to us. In Jesus' name, amen.